chapter fifteen of the chief legatee by anna catherine green this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva chapter fifteen anitra a few minutes later they were discussing this amazing possibility i have no reason for this conclusion this hope admitted mr ransom it is instinct with me an intuition and not the result of my judgment it came to me when she first addressed me down by the mill stream if you consider me either wrong or misled i confess that i shall not be able to combat your decision with any argument plausible enough to hold your attention for a moment but i don't consider you either wrong or misled protested the other that is he warily added i am ready to accept the correctness of the possibility you mention and afterwards to note where the supposition will lead us of course your first sensation is that of relief it will be when i am no longer the prey of doubts notwithstanding the mystery notwithstanding the mystery the one thing i have found it impossible to contemplate is her death the extinction of all hope which death alone can bring she has become so blended with my every thought since the hour she vanished from my eyes and consequently from my protection that i should lose the better part of myself in losing her anything but that mr harper even possible shame how shame some reason very strong and very vital must underlie her conduct if what we suspect is true and she has not only been willing to subject you and herself to a seeming separation by death but to burden herself with the additional misery of being obliged to assume a personality cumbered by such a drawback to happiness and even common social intercourse as this of the supposed anitra you mean her deafness i mean that yes what could mrs ransom's motive be if the woman sleeping yonder is mrs ransom for so tremendous a sacrifice as this you ascribe to her the rescue of her sister from some impending calamity that would argue a love of long standing and of superhuman force one far transcending even her natural affection for the husband to whom she has just given her hand such a love under such circumstances is not possible she has known this long-lost sister for a few days only her sense of duty towards her even her compassion for one so unfortunate might lead her to risk much but not so much as that you must look for some other explanation one more reasonable and much more personal where where i'm all at sea blinded dazed almost at my wit's end i can see no reason for anything she has done i neither understand her nor understand myself i ought to shrink from the poor creature there sleeping off i don't know what but i don't i feel drawn to her instead irresistibly drawn as if my place were at her bedside to comfort and protect at this impulsive assertion springing from a depth of feeling for which the staid lawyer had no measure a perplexed frown 
chased all the urbanity from his face some thought not altogether welcome had come to disturb him he eyed mr ransom closely from under his clouded brows he could do this now with impunity for mr ransom's glances were turned whither his thoughts and inclinations had wandered i would advise you came in slow comment from the watchful lawyer not to be too certain of your conclusions till doubt becomes an absolute impossibility instinct is a good thing but it must never be regarded as infallible it may be proved that it is your wife who has fled after all in which case it would be a great mistake to put any faith in this gypsy girl anitra mr ransom's face hardened his eyes did not leave the direction in which they were set i will remember said he his companion did not appear satisfied and continued emphatically whether the woman now here is mrs ransom or her wild and irresponsible sister she is a person of dangerous will and one not to be lightly regarded nor carelessly dealt with pray consider this mr ransom and do not allow impulse to supersede judgment if you will take my advice speak i should treat her as if she were the woman she calls herself or at least as if you thought her so nothing this word he repeated as he noted the incredulity with which the other listened would be so likely to make her betray herself as that let us go back and listen again at her door was mr ransom's emphatic but inconsequent reply the lawyer desisted from further advice but sighed as he followed his new client into the hall at the turn of the staircase they were stopped by the sound of wrangling voices in the office below mr harper heard his name mentioned and hastened to interfere assuring mr ransom of his speedy return he stepped downstairs and in a few minutes reappeared with a middle-aged man of characteristic appearance whom he introduced to mr ransom as mr goodenough the sight of the uncouth head of their youthful acquaintance of the morning peering up after him from the foot of the stairs was warranty sufficient that this was the man who had met the strange young lady on the highway early that morning at sight of him mr ransom felt that inner recoil which we all experience at the prospect of an immediate and definite termination of a long brooding doubt in another instant and with one word this uncultured and hitherto unknown man would settle for him the greatest question of his life and he did not feel prepared for it he had an impulse almost of flight as if in this way he could escape a certainty he feared what certainty perhaps he could not have answered had he been asked his mind was in a turmoil he had feelings instincts that was all the lawyer noting his condition undertook the leadership of affairs beckoning mr goodenough into mr ransom's room he softly closed the door 
upon the many inquiring ears about and assuming the manner most likely to encourage the unsophisticated but straightforward-looking man with whom he had to deal quietly observed we hear that you met this morning a young girl going towards the ferry there is a great reason why we should know just how this young girl looks a lady disappeared from here last night and though from a letter she left behind her we have every reason to believe that her body is somewhere in the river yet we don't want to overlook the possibility of her having escaped alive in another direction can you describe the person you saw well i'm not much good at talk was the embarrassed almost halting reply i saw the gal and i remember just how she looked but i couldn't put it into words to save my soul she was pretty and chipper and walked along as if she was part of the morning but that don't tell you much does it yet i don't know what else to say perhaps you could help me by uh, asking questions we'll see was she light complexioned yellow hair you know and blue eyes no i don't think she was not what i call light my sal's light this gal wasn't like my sal dark then very dark with a gypsy color and snapping black eyes no not that either what i should call betweens but more dark than light harper flashed a glance at ransom before putting his next question what did she have on her head bless me if i can tell it wasn't a sunbonnet nor was it slapped all over with ribbons and flowers like my daughter's but she had some sort of hat on sartain did you think she was just running to the neighbors but she wore no coat i don't remember any coat do you remember her frock no not exactly don't you remember its color no wasn't it black the skirt of it at least black well i guess not a gal of her age in black no she was as bright as the flowers in my wife's garden not a black thing on her i should sooner think her clothes were red than black harper showed his surprise not a black skirt he persisted no siree i haven't much eye for fixin's but i've eye enough to know when a gal's dressed like a gal and not like some old woman harper's eyes stole again towards ransom checkmate in four moves he muttered the person we are interested in could have worn no such clothing as mr goodenough describes yet clothing can be changed how i cannot see in this instance but i will risk no mistake the trail we followed led too surely in the direction of the highway for us to drop all inquiries because of a colored skirt and a hat we cannot quite account for if the face is one we know and i really believe it was we can leave the other discrepancies to future explanation and turning back to the patient countryman he composedly remarked you are positive in your recollections of the young lady's features 
you would have no difficulty in recognizing her if you saw her again not a bit once i get a picture in my mind of a man or a woman i see it always and i can see her as plain as plain the moment i stop to think she was pretty you see and just a little scared to speak to a stranger but that went as she saw my face and she asked me very polite if she was on the right road to the ferry and you told her she was sartin and how much time she had to get there to catch the boat i see so you would know her again if you saw her i just would the lawyer made a move towards the door which mr ransom hastened to open as the long vista of the hall disclosed itself mr harper turned upon the countryman with a quiet remark there were two ladies here you know twins their likeness was remarkable if we show you the remaining one who now lies asleep you surely will be able to tell if she is like the lady you saw if she looks just like her you can bet beans against potatoes on that come then you needn't feel any embarrassment for she's not only sound asleep but so deaf she couldn't hear you if she were awake you need only take one glance and nod your head if she looks like the other it is very desirable that none of us should speak the case is a mysterious one and there's enough talk about it already without the women hiding and listening behind every shut door you see adding their gossip to the rest a knowing look a twitch at the corners of a good-natured mouth and the man followed them down the hall past one or two of the doors alluded to till they reached the one against the panel of which mr ransom had already laid his ear still asleep his gesture seemed to signify and with a word of caution he led the way in the room was very dark mrs deal had been careful to draw down the shade when she put her strange charge to bed and at this first moment of entrance it was impossible for them to see more than the outline of a dark head upon a snowy pillow but gradually feature by feature of the sleeping woman's countenance became visible and the lawyer turning his acute gaze on the man from whose recognition he expected so much impatiently awaited the nod which was to settle their doubt but that nod did not come not even after mr ransom astonished at the long pause turned on the stranger his own haggard and inquiring eyes instead mr goodenough lifted a blank stare to either face beside him and shaking his head stumbled awkwardly back in an endeavor to leave the room mr ransom taken wholly by surprise uttered some peremptory ejaculation but a glance from the lawyer quieted him and not till they were all shut up again in that convenient room at the head of the stairs did any of the three speak and not even then without an embarrassed pause both the lawyer and his unhappy client had a deep and in the case of the latter a heart-rending disappointment to overcome and the clock on the stairs ticked out several seconds before the lawyer ventured to remark miss hazen's face is quite new 
to you i perceive evidently it was not her twin sister you met on the high road this morning nor anything like her protested the man a different face entirely prettier and more saucy such a gal as a man like me would be glad to call darter oh i see assented the lawyer then with the instinctive caution of his class you have made no mistake not a bit of a one emphasized the other sorry i can't give the gentleman any hope but if the sisters look alike it was not this woman's twin i met i'm ready to take my oath on that very well one catches at straws in a stress like this here's a fiver to pay for your trouble and another for the lad who brought you here good day we had no sound reason for expecting any different result from our experiment the man bowed awkwardly and went out mr harper brought down his fist heavily on the table and after a short interval of silence during which he studiously avoided meeting his companion's eye he remarked i am as much taken aback as yourself for all he had to say about her gay clothing i expected a different result the girl on the highway was neither mrs ransom nor her sister we have made a confounded mistake and mrs ransom don't say it i'm going back to the room where that woman lies sleeping i cannot yet believe that my heart is not shut up within its walls i'm going to watch for her eyes to open their expression will tell me what i want to know the look one gives before full realization comes and the soul is bare without any thought of subterfuge very well i should probably do the same if i were you only your insight may be affected by prejudice you will excuse me if i join you in this watch the experiment is of too important a character for its results to depend upon the correct seeing of one pair of eyes End of chapter 15